So once again, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate your guys' hearts and um, willingness to do work in your guys' marriage. Um, inspired to do work in your marriage. Marriage is, is not easy. <laughs> it, is, uh, it, is, it is work, right? It's work. It's acts of service. It's, um, it's affection, right? It's touch. Words of affirmation, everything. There's five languages. That's what marriage is, and um, and each five, we we all do some part in all five, right? But there's those ones that are really important, uh, especially towards your spouse, and that what brings your your guys' connection um, to each other. So, um, just. I know a lot of you don't really know me and Maribel's story. Uh, we've been together for 27 years and married for 26 years. Um, we have a 26-year-old son and a 23-year-old daughter. And um, no grandkids yet, but hopefully soon. <laughs> uh, my dream now that I'm older is to be a grandpa. So I'm really, really looking forward to being a grandpa. So... Um, so that, that and, and Maribel's looking forward to be a grandma. I, I sometimes tease her because she wears this big sweater uh, sometimes, and I'm like, "Babe, you look like a grandma now." <laughs> She's like, "What?" <laughs> and, yeah, it uh, always tired because um, her grandma used to always wear, or still does, always wears this big, like, comfy sweater. Um, your great grandma, right, Alita? So uh, sometimes when I see her in that sweater, I tease her. It's like, oh, Alita, she like shut up. That's funny. But uh, yeah, so you are courageous, man. <laughs> um, it's a good thing everybody can't speak right now. <laughs> so. Um, she will send text for She'll find a way to speak. <laughs> so I met Maribel when she was 15. And I was 18. So she was a freshman and I was a senior in high school. That's when I met her. And uh, I had her in one of my one of my biology classes. Or it was a biology class. Oh wow. And um, so she sat I sat at this table and with another classmate, and then she sat across, um, right, kitty corner for me and another classmate. So, um, in Texas. In, in Texas, yeah. El Paso, Texas is where oh, I met her. And, where um, Lonnie's going to leave there. Yeah, yeah. Um, have fun. <laughs> Do not miss El Paso, Texas. <laughs> it is desert. Yeah, but um, so we met, um, started dating, and then um, a year later, her son was born, and and then we got married, and we were at a crossroads. We were young, so when she turned sixteen, I was nineteen. We got married, and um, and we're at a crossroads where we had to make a decision if we were going to continue or we're gonna um, you know part ways so my dad we reached out to my dad at that time 
As you guys know, I'm as Pastor Lorenzo, um, and he, you know, he prayed for us, and and he said, you know, if you guys, I'll pay for you guys to come up here. You know, come up here. We'll, we'll I'll stand with you guys and um, help you guys out. So he decided to come up here and um, just do that. Yeah. So we moved up here to Graham, Washington. That's where my dad was staying at the time. And um, yeah, and um, my first job was at Milgard Windows. And <laughs> yeah, that was my first job at eight dollars and something cents <laughs> here in Washington. So a lot of money, which was a huge pay raise for me because back down in El Paso, it's a border town. So unless you were in some kind of career or had some kind of degree, you're making minimum wage was what was like five, four dollars at that time. I think I was like at five, six dollars at that time. And so it was a pay raise to come up here and, and provide. And so moved up here. And then we had a long journey um, in the church, out of church, um, going through as, as you know, young, young couples, you know, maturing and learning how to communicate and all that. And we've been through it all. If you can think of everything that marriage can go through, we've been through it. Um, 100%. And, um, but it was by the grace of God um, that we're, we're together now. And if it wasn't for people, and it's very important... That you surround yourself with people who invest in you and believe in you. And that's very important. And, um, you know, Pastor Bill, Vivian, um, Pastor Joe Slee, Jennifer, they invested a ton of us. A ton into us. And um, we want to be here today. Um, I can speak fully confident that we, me and Maribel would not be together if it was, if it was it for them for investing in us full time. Um, into our marriage and seeing, and seeing the potential and seeing what God had called us um, to be together. And so, and in that process, and this is what I want to talk about, is the willingness to have a new heart. When you enter into a marriage, you know, it's butterflies, roses, rainbows, right? Lovey-dovey. But during the course of the time, things, things happen. Trials happen, right? And it's the same as, as your relationship with God, right? You get saved. You're, yes, you know, gun hole. But as life hits you and you go through your trials, your relationship with God is tested too. And in that, we can get complacent or our heart starts to harden, Right? And it's the same with in our marriages. Our hearts can start to harden towards our spouses. And, and our hearts can also harden towards God. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's our, it's our willingness every day to be, to be humble and to die to ourselves. And just as our relationship with God has to be selfless, our relationship with and our marriage with our spouse has to be selfless also. And it's not easy, right? Because we have to deal with this, right? The flesh, our wants and needs. And 
Throughout my journey on my marriage, it was always about my needs. And, and not about my spouse's needs. And I had to learn that. And in that process, I had to take on a new heart. Right? Um, so, I want to read out of Ezekiel 36. Welcome, guys. So in Ezekiel, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. A heart that is God will and not self-will, right? It's a spirit in you to make it possible for you to do what God says and live by his commandments. And so having a new heart towards your spouse, waking up every morning, say, I'm putting on a new heart. I'm going to love my spouse unconditionally. I'm going to do and serve my, my spouse unselfishly. We're putting a new heart in ourselves by doing that. And, and everybody knows the story about the sword, right? And I'm going to go to Luke. Um, Luke 8, uh, 5 through 15. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on the good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables. And that seeing that it may not see and hearing, they may not understand. So the parable in this is the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word of the, out of their hearts. Least they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And those with no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fall among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble 
and good heart. Keep it bare with the heart, with patience. And this is just like our marriages, right? What we sow into our marriages is what we're going to get back, is what we're going to harvest, right? And just like this parable that Jesus was telling his disciples is, if you, if you put bad seed into your marriage, you're going to get a bad marriage, right? If you sow selfishness into your marriage, it, you're going to reap a bad marriage. If you're going to sow immaturity, you're going to get a bad marriage. If you sow, you know, the lust of the flesh into your marriage, you're going to get a bad marriage. And Jesus is saying, you know, your marriage is, is just as important as your relationship with God. What you give to God and how you sow your relationship with God and Jesus is the same. It's going to be reflection how you do that in your marriage also. And so just like we have to have a new heart with God, we got to have a new heart with our spouse. So So the past, this passage can apply to our marriage. On our strength, we cannot know what it is in our heart. But with the Lord, he can both reveal it and heal it. So our heart is a complex organ, right? Without our heart, we, we can't live. It's impossible, right? Well, with today's technology, you get one of the robot hearts that automatically pumps. But... With our, our heart, our lives are dead. And it's the same. In our marriage, without having the heart for our spouse, it dies. Our marriage dies. Um, how, how do we come to a place of having that new heart? Well, one, we got to reflect on our own selves and be humble, Right? And it's hard to sometimes look in the reflection and, like, speak the truth, right, of what we're seeing. And it's hard because our, I don't know about for women, but for guys, from, I can speak to myself, it's denial, right? Nah, I'm not that type of person. But everybody else who's in my crowd says, yeah, you're that person. <laughs> uh, and it takes maybe a moment or some, somehow it will click and you'll see, oh, wow, something happened. And you'll be like, wow, yeah, I am that person, right? Um, as men, we, we tend to not face what we're weak at and we only focus on what we're strong on. I know I, I do that. <laughs> I, I try to, I just focus on my strong parts and the weak ones I just ignore it, don't want to work on it, just shovel it away. But we can't do that because what we're doing, we're de de depriving from our spouse a healthy, a healthy marriage when we don't look at the mirror and recognize what the truth is and what we see. Is it time for me to stop? <laughs> <laughs> My time is up. So, 
what are these truths? So I'm going to go to uh, First Chronicles. First Chronicles 28, 28, 9. So um, the backstory of this is when when David wants to build a temple for God, right? A house of worship and God saying, no, you can't because, you know, you've been involved in wars and all this stuff. But through your son, Solomon, He's going to build God's house. And so, and so when David's talking to his son, he says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of your thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And that, to me, speaks huge truths about what marriage is, right? Um, we're building our marriage either on a rock or in the sand, right? You guys know the passage, you build the rock in the sand, and if it's on the rock, it stands in the sand and sinks, right? It's the same thing with our marriage. If we don't build our marriage, a solid marriage, it's gonna be one that's gonna be built on sand, and it's gonna sink, it's not gonna last, right? So, one of the things he said was that he says our hearts. We gotta be willing to search our hearts and face our truths. And in that, we we won't deprive our spouse from having a healthy marriage. He also said we gotta have a willing mind. Sometimes we we're not willing, right? We get into a bicker with our spouse. And then we're just like, yeah, um, I'm not doing the dishes tonight. <laughs> she can do them, right? <laughs> uh, and it's funny because that, that was one of our uh, small pickers this week. Was uh, I wasn't doing my, my share of the kitchen. So she, she let me know, hey, I need you to do more in the kitchen. All right, I'll do more in the kitchen. So... I got home late last night around 10 something. She got home around the same time. And, um, and we cleaned the kitchen together. So instead of me just saying, okay, I'm tired of going, going to go take a shower and go to bed. But so we got to have the willingness to do, do work. And all the ones that said that, that had the acts of service, <laughs> you need to do the work, right? And, um, my wife is the acts of service, big time. And um, she likes me to work. And she sees me on the couch. She's she looking at her time. She'll look at me. And she'll be working. She'll look at me at the couch. Give me that look. Like, oh, I got to get up and go do something. I can't sit here very long. So 
So we gotta have the will- willingness. We gotta have a loyal heart. And that was the first thing he said. With a loyal heart. So our heart has to be loyal to our spouse, right? We gotta be loyal in our marriage. And I'm not just saying, you know, um, like adultery and stuff, but loyal and serving your wife, serving your husband, and whatever that is, as far as what their love language is. You know, if it's acts of service, if it's, if it's touch, it's, um, I forgot the other ones, I'm drawing a blank. Quality time, right? Gifts. Gifts, spend that money. <laughs> uh, so, so the next one I'm going to read is in Jeremiah. And it's just three passages of scripture I'm reading in, in regards to the truths. So Jeremiah uh, 17, verse 9 through 10. And again, we're on the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways or according to the fruit of his doings. So again, the heart. If we listen to the flesh and not our hearts for ourselves and only listen to the flesh of not being committed in our marriage, we lose out. And God is saying our hearts matter in our relationships, right? Um, I'll read one more passage in Psalms 139. Twenty-three through twenty-four. And it says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting." Can you have a conversation with your spouse saying those words? Can you picture talking to your spouse saying, babe, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my my anxieties. What are the anxieties that your spouse has? You know, what is it? And can you lead them and for for an everlasting good marriage and a healthy marriage? Can you lead them there? And and we have a responsibility as a man, the head of the household, to do that. We should know the anxieties of our spouse. And we should know how to comfort them. My wife went through a couple of years of very bad anxieties. And it was a struggle for me um, to help her through that. And it was only through the grace of God, and even now, through the grace of God, that she can overcome these anxieties. And we got to be there for them. Was I there 100%? No. 
Could I do better? Yes. Was I walking in selfishness during those times? Yeah. And sometimes do. Because it's flesh, right? It's our own desires. But that's, that is what it means to have a new heart. Every day, you wake up, have a new heart for your spouse. Don't let your heart, heart grow cold. Don't let your heart wear, weary because you're entering in, in a dangerous place where the enemy can do its damage. Do we need a new heart? Yes, we do. It is easier to build a strong marriage than to repair a broken one. When you go into your marriage, it's easier when you're unselfish, you, you have your heart, you know your truths, you know your spouse, and you live for them, right? As you do for God, God first, and then them second. It's easier to build a strong foundation versus a broken, a broken one. It's hard to repair a broken, broken relationship. Why? Because you've broken trust. There's scars now, right? This hurts. And they heal, but they're always there. Scar, you know, wounds heal, but there's always a scar. Even today, Jesus still has the scars. He has the scars on his hands, on his side, on his feet. Those will never go away. Right? It's the same when we hurt our spouse. Those scars will always be there. They will be healed. And that's why it, it's always easier to build a strong marriage. Versus trying to repair one. So, that is my message. Short and sweet. <laughs> to the point. Um, but, no, I mean, it's an everyday thing. Just like, like the word says, you know, we got to die to ourselves every day, right? we got to die to ourselves. And it's the same with our marriage. we got to die to our own, own needs, to our own wants, and serve unselfishly for our spouse. Do we need a new heart, one that is willing to receive God's love and grace? Your heavenly father will not hold you to this plan for marriage without making provisions to help you to fulfill it. So why not ask him for his help now? So I just want to pray this prayer over you guys real quick. Father, thank you for the gift of marriage. Free me from whatever will cause me to perceive my marriage incorrectly and therefore miss out on its blessings. Give me a new heart that is soft and sensitive to your touch. Give me new eyes to see my marriage the way you see it. Help me to believe for the best, not expect the worst. Help us put you first in all we do. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. That's good.
Hey, brother! <laughs> it's awesome. I believe when every time you listen the Word of God, there is a, um, a need of the response, responding to the Word. What transforms us is not the sermon that we listen. What transforms us is our response to the sermon, to the word God spoke with us. Then I believe in these days God is speaking with us. Then what will transform your marriage, your response to what God is dropping in your heart in these days. Then the homework is to um, doing something practical with what you are learning. Um, we learned uh, the last week about the five languages of loving. It's necessary not just to discover the language of our spouse, but to act on that. And also the language of our other members of our family, our parents or your children, they have a love language too. And um, we can bless them and we can understand them. But with this heart that Gabriel was talking about, uh, a sacrificial heart where we put others first, where we put our spouse first. Um, for us as men, I think it's an even greater responsibility. The Bible said if we, we're not in peace with our spouse, with our wife, even our prayers can be stopped. <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 it's a serious business. For God say, I'm not listening to you now. <laughs> That's serious, right? God say, I'm not, I'm not answering your prayer. Uh, go there and fix yourself with, with your wife and then come and talk with me later. <laughs> That's serious uh, business. And, uh, and come from this hard, sacrificial heart that Gabe was talking about, I think he will be willing to be a priest in our house. Um, I believe we are kings and priests, and priests is the one that ministry to the Lord, and kings, they lead their family. And we need to minister to the Lord, spiritually minister to our family. Don't despise um, the moment where you're praying with your children. Don't despise the moment that you pray with one another. The homework I gave to you guys was one for the week. You remember what was for the day, the week, and the month? You guys remember what was for the day? Right. Every day. What was for the week? Date. Have a date. Have a time alone. What was for the month? Finances. Finance. Come together, talk about your finance. Because if you don't talk, if you don't do a meeting to talk about the finance, one moment that will come out. In, the, in between the months and then can be the come out in the moment that you're not ready to talk then organize a time to talk about your finance amen, amen. Uh